0: You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Baguet. A Florida native and environmental advocate, I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future.
1: Welcome everyone to Resilient Forward. Um, As you all know, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis and we have decided to pivot our conversations from environmental Um, challenges to this current crisis challenge that we're facing today, and we have been talking to experts on how to manage and move forward, and one of the areas that are, you know, we're all kind of learning how to get by is homeschooling, having kids home at school, whether they're very small to, you know, young adults back from college, and I am so fortunate to have with us Lina Acosta Sandal. She's a psychotherapist and child development expert, and she's founder of the Stop Parenting Alone, a parenting education and psychotherapy center in Miami, Florida. And she's considered, you know, one of the top parenting experts down here. Um, she's she works with Telemundo's national morning show, Un Nuevo Dia. Um, she's a member of the Florida Mental, Maternal Mental Health Collaborative, and she's also a consultant for Mom Rising a national organization for advocating for children and family rights. So we're so fortunate to have you, Lena. Welcome to Resilient Forward. Hi, Lina. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you know, let's get right to it. I mean, this is such a challenging time, and I'm sure you've been dealing with um, families and, and kids since they were sent home, and now everybody's working from home. Parents are working from home mostly, and so are their children. And so that must be... A compounding, a compounding challenge, uh, along with all the anxiety and um, and just nervousness around this whole coronavirus um, pandemic that we're dealing with. So, talk yes. to me about how that's going, and and um and really, what are the what are the what are the kind of um, tips and advice you're giving parents to deal with this challenge?
2: First and foremost, the most important thing for everyone to do, no matter what age they are, is to be accepting of whatever thoughts or feelings are bubbling up it is human to feel scared it is human to feel grief and it is human to feel anxiety at this point no matter how old you are so a lot of people, the pain that they feel is really actually the judgment, right, because they're trying to do these schedules and these perfect recipes and all these things that are coming up in social media, when really the the most loving thing that we can do for ourselves, for our children, or for our partners is to just accept that the emotions that are bubbling up are just far for the core of being human. So that would be, like, the first advice that I would give. The second thing is that um, – why the schedules and the recipes and all these ideas of being productive have become so rampant all over social media (laughs) is because everybody is looking for a way to control because right now all of us feel uncertainty and we're looking for places to control so the other thing that that i'm hearing a lot and the, the the primary questions that for me as as a parenting expert as a psychotherapist is What should we control? What can't we control? Help us with the control, control, control. And I would say everybody at this point needs to slow down. And we have to see where we currently are. We are approximately three weeks into, you know, our world as we know it, completely changing. And everybody needs to have, get out of the the need for control and step into curiosity, right? Be scientists. Wonder. Um, oh, I took a shower yesterday and I felt better. Oh, uh, I made sure that we all ate together at, at dinner time and we all felt better. And just allow yourself for the next, you know, maybe a couple of weeks to begin to realize this new normal that we are all living. And it feels really, really crazy because the brain is. The brain is a prediction machine. It uses past experiences to predict the future, right? But we have no past experience, right? And the closest experience we have to this is grief,
1: right? right. that's why it's so disturbing. That's why it feels so out of whack. So, right. loaded, we all see. Yeah, we all feel like a sense of loss in a way, like, you know, me personally, for example, I'm, you know, me, I'm out and about from one event to another and meetings and I deal with people, you know, at a physical level. And now I'm like stuck in front of my computer (laughs) and I, you know, I don't, I don't have to get dressed up and I, you know, I'm not doing my hair as much or my makeup, you know, it's just, it, it it is kind of a, you know, a sense of loss, I feel. 100%
2: One hundred percent. And and that and that's why it's so off putting and, and, and depending on each individual, um, in how they deal with loss and how they deal with grief, it's how they're managing this right now. So, so I think so, I want so, I want Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I want I want everybody to get away from control and more into the curiosity about this new normal and acceptance of of the thoughts and the feelings that are bubbling up for them.
1: And, and to that point, what would you recommend for families to do as, you know, kind of bonding activities? You know, obviously they have to set their schedules, they have school, and then once they're done with school, I mean, they're kind of stuck to stuck with each other. And, you know, the screen time is something that we've always battled with our kids at some point or another. Um, so are you finding that families are are, are doing... You know, like playing games like when we do when there's hurricanes and we have no power to playing board games or just <laughs> bonding a little more than normal because we're stuck together in in the same space
2: um I find that uh, a lot of my clients that I'm also seeing on the computer, you know I have these video sessions now with clients um a lot of them actually what the message that I've been getting from them is that what's good. Because this moment is a lot about yes and yes, it's hard, and what's good is that nobody's rushing out anymore into traffic, into their cars and into getting to places so that I think that that's the positive that I've heard across the board now um about and and then about screens, so your question had like two different themes, like so screens right. and then, hey, what do we do together now that we're on top of each other? Let me let me hit the screen one because everybody's really worried about it. Now, prior to this big pandemic situation, um, there were very specific um, uh, recommendations from the American Pediatric Association of, like, um, children that are school-age and teenagers, like, two to three hours of screen time max in a 24-hour cycle, and children younger um, than for, like, minimal screen time, and if they use the screen, to use it with a parent. But we're in different time right so right. Uh, the way that i want parents to think about the screen at this time is that um think about for a lot of a lot of students both in independent schools and in public schools a lot of their screen time is screen time with somebody screen time within that circle of connection right the issue with screens that the american pediatric association is worried about is that screen time um there was no like Social reciprocity, right? But now with with teachers being in the screen, I want parents to split it up into the hours that they're using screen with another human, like on Zoom or in their classroom, right? And then screen like they used it prior, which is for entertainment and for the and especially for the teenagers and the young adults. You know, they are also using screen to be social, right? Face right. Time. Right. So so don't think of it as like, oh, my God, you're on the screen, because they're not just sitting there playing uh, a video game or just sitting there and scrolling in the Instagram, although some of them are. Um, mm-hmm. Just ask them, are you using the screen to be with someone or are you using the screen for entertainment? And then split it up that way so it doesn't drive you crazy.
1: Yeah, and that takes me to my other question. I mean, you know, normally kids, and you know, pretty much of all ages, you know they had these social friends and relationships they would go they have sleepovers and go to people's houses or go to the park. they were playing little league you know they, they had all these inner yes. you know physical interactions with each other and, and and friendships and so how 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 can they maintain these friendships you know obviously through the screen is pretty much it we're starting to see people using facetime a lot and all of that but yes yes
2: yeah and I, right now, for us, you know, to to truly, you know, stay safer at home and 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 shelter, and you know, be part of the solution for this situation, mm-hmm. I would I would recommend, you know, making sure that that your children are are seeing their friends through FaceTime and using the technology, and again, thinking of the screen as are they being with someone or are they using it for entertainment and splitting it in those two ways. Um, right now. Something that I want all parents to know is that for anybody younger than 10, being 24-7 with their parents is delicious for them. (laughs) Right. Not, I mean, I <laughs> they're not hurting because they're, you know, for a lot of them, it's like a prayer answered, you know, I want my mommy all of the time. I don't want to go to school. So for the younger ones, I think it, it's more the the burden is on the parent because they feel the pull of the child wanting to continually be with them. Right. right. And the, the, the ones that you really need to protect their social time is the 10 and up. And, Let's think about this idea about how our, how do we spend time together and how do we spend time apart as families. Um, I would say, think about what you did prior to this whole mess starting that you all enjoyed right i i don't mm-hmm. again, I don't want anybody reinventing themselves in the midst of a pandemic. I want you to, you know, I want you to look back and think, well, we would, we really like, you know, playing dominoes or we really like, um, we always had dinner together on Saturday and Sunday and it was really, really nice. So I would just say increase that now that you don't have to run from baseball back home and then everybody's eating separately, right? Like embrace, think about what you used to do. You know, recently I was interviewed um, um by Telemundo, and they were like, oh, so should people meditate? Should people do yoga? What should people do? And I was like, <laughs> The people that need to do yoga are the ones that did yoga prior to the pandemic, right? Right. For now. For the next two weeks, think about in the past when I was active, what did I like? Well, you know what? I like getting on my bike. Great. Do that. You don't have to do the yoga class just because they're doing it for free on Instagram Live. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So what do we do as a family what has always worked? And do you have to do it every single day? No, because you also have to be fluid and organic, right? Especially right. in this this these next weeks where children are back to doing school. And every and by the way, I want this to become a hashtag or I want it to get really popular. Everybody's talking about, oh, I'm homeschooling, I'm homeschooling. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. This is a Band-Aid. Nobody right. is homeschooling. You know, homeschooling has a curriculum. Homeschooling is planned. This is crisis. This is a crutch. This is a Band-Aid. It's okay if you do it next week. So, what would the hashtag be? <laughs> band aid schooling. Yes, band aid <laughs> schooling, <laughs> schooling. That's what I, was, oh, I love it <laughs> <laughs> because it's a band aid. That's what. That's all we're doing. Like, both the the teachers know it's a band aid. The this the
1: school district knows it's a. Band-aid. We're right. all doing the best we can. We um, exactly. We're all doing the best we can, and everybody has to kind of. We're all in this together. We hear. We see that hashtag a lot. And, yeah. um, you know, I want to ask you, you know, the difficult, the difficult question, like, you know, obviously this is a very serious, serious issue and, you know, how, you know, we have kids obviously from different age groups, how we talk to them and, you know, in the different levels is important. So, you know, it's really horrible stuff that's happening in the, in the world. Yes. You know, yes. and so it's, you know, it's not a hurricane. It's not something like, it's something that's so uncertain and, and people are dying every day. And so it's a very difficult conversation to have with a, a small child, even even a young adult, you know? Yes. Um, yes. So so how do you, you know, how do you communicate such a serious matter um, that you really don't have many answers for uh, other than we have to stay at home to save lives? Right, right. So <laughs> I think, I think each age group has a
2: salient message that we have to give to them. So for children five and under, it's about, it's minimal. It's, you know, letting them know, uh, that, that will, you know, yes, we wash our hands more and letting them know, uh, that mommy and daddy Um, or grandma and mommy or caregiver, and they're taking care of you, and we keep you healthy and safe, right? Right. And and that's pretty much the message to the the five and under is, like, we're keeping you safe, and this is why we're making these choices, and that's why we can't go on the pay structure, on the pay structure that you can see from the sidewalk. Right. Where the park is because the park is closed. And why is it right? quiet? Like, you know, a little, a curious right. four-year-old or a curious, you know, three-year-old, why is it closed? And because we're keeping our bodies healthy and safe. That's oh, it, I remember right? I remember that. Why stage? Why this? Why? Why? That? Why? 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 <laughs> why?
0: Right. They're very curious so, at that age. Yeah. So
2: the message for the little ones is that we're keeping, we're keeping our bodies healthy and safe. And right now, these are the choices that, that you know, we, your caregivers, are taking right now. Between 5 and 10, it's about answering their question. And a lot of parents, when I say that, they're like, oh, but I don't know how to answer the question. And I have a trick. When a child between 5 and 10 asks you something and, you know, it makes you kind of like go, oh, my God, what did they just say, right? You stop, you breathe, and you look at them and you go, that's really interesting. What do you mean by that? And allow them to explain themselves, because sometimes a child will ask us a question, and we will go into our adult filter and answer them from an adult point of view. Most right school yes, most school-aged children, kindergarten to fifth grade are, are really their number one worry right now is whether or not they're going to get to go back to school. Right. Um, you know, like I, all of my clients who, you know, if they're seeing me, they have a little bit more than just, you know, a typical kid at home, they, you know, a lot of them that I said, what has been your worry, you know, and they're, and they, they say to me, well, that I'm not going to get to go to school until I go to fourth grade, meaning that until I start school next year. Right.
1: Mm, right so with them, right. and there's it's about... And it, yeah, and I think they're hearing a lot of that from news media as well. You know, the, the yes. TV's on and yes. the parents the are TVs on. On the news, you know, and yes. that's not good either, right? No, no. And, and
2: and and background TV is not healthy for young children. Uh, we know that children under five, when there's always background TV in their home, it, it decreases their language development and their cognitive ability. So that's bad in general. Right, And it's really bad now because the ones that can read and the ones that can hear (laughs) and and understand it, the information is adult and it's scary, right? So with the children, the children between 5 and 10, it's about answering their questions as best you can and telling them and then and saying to them, yes, this this is scary. And these are the things that we are doing to stay safe, right? So it's letting them know this is what we're doing. We, you know, we're washing our hands. So with with the with so the little ones is I keep you healthy and safe. With the five to ten year olds, we tell them this is what we're doing, and then they may come up with something. And if it's and if it's cute and sweet, let them do it, right? Okay. Oh, do you wanna do you wanna draw a picture for the healthcare workers? Yes, I'll take a picture of you and I'll put it up on my Instagram. That's okay too, right? Now, time enough. They're old. Well, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about that very special age, <laughs> the teens, yes. queens and teens. The teens, right? <laughs> so, with the teens, you know, you're you're bumping up against so the teenagers, right? And and these teen the teen brain starts somewhere between twelve and it ends somewhere at twenty four, right? Um, and there's something very specific that the adolescent brain does, um, which is that aspect of our brain, the amygdala, right, that tells mm-hmm. us that we are in danger kind of quiets down a little bit. And um adolescents, uh people between the ages of twelve and twenty four seem to primarily look at the bright side of things. Primarily mm-hmm. look at the at the at the positive parts of a decision. Right? So and, and and this is yes. It's, it's, it, we should all learn from adolescents <laughs> you know they 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 always see the they always see the possibility so that's why a lot of parents right now are like it's not that big a deal oh my god you're making such a big deal i know that there's a lot of homes right now where a lot of teens mm. are saying you're making a big deal you're being ridiculous you're you're overdoing it because their brain just is that, that that aspect of the brain is, is a little bit quieter, right? Of course there's some teens that suffer from, from depression or anxiety and that's different, but most typical everyday adolescents are are telling a lot of adults you're being ridiculous, you're you're blowing this out of proportion, right? So what's the best way to talk to an adolescent about this time? With thought. Not but air mongering. Right? Right. Parents of adolescents get into a habit of going, ah, see, because if you do that, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and their brain has already turned you off. It's more about, (laughs) right. If you're, if you are talking to a teen and you have begun your senses with, this is going to happen, they've, you've lost them. Right. What you, what can be said is as calmly as possible, look at them and go, bring them to the history of what we're living. You know, tell them. You know, when you were in your in your history class and you read about the Holocaust and you read about the Great Depression, um, we're in the midst of one of those right now. And and you and I, none of us know where this is going because it's a big, huge chunk in change in history. Because it is. It is. It it and so with adolescence, it's about fact, but not mm-hmm. scaremongering, right? It's And also a lot of them want to see their friends because that's something, like when I see an adolescent um, in my office, the first thing I wonder with the parents is like, how is their social world? And if it's not healthy, and if it's not, if they don't have one, that's very unhealthy for an adolescent. Their social world is part of their health. So why they want to see their friends is because they They need it as as much as sleep, right? Right. So so letting them know and saying, you are right, this is difficult. Right. As parents, we're so programmed of, like, trying to make our our children see the bright side of things. But there's something magical about sitting in the dark with another person Mm -hmm. and looking at them and saying, you're right, it is horrible that grab Ash isn't happening it is horrible right. that there's a possibility that there won't be problems. Right. It is, so, it is sad that you can't go to your journalism, you know, championship in Orlando. You're right, right, buddy. So I would say that for adolescents and for people between the ages of 12 to 24, it's about talking about the fact and it's about saying yes. You're right, and this is hard, and I love you, and I'm here, and i oh, and, no, and we're all, and we're all in it together, sort to of speak. And we're you know, all, in our it whole, all of our lives have been upended. Yes. yes, and 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 the other piece that makes a lot of adolescent parents crazy, and primarily, uh, my my Latino peeps, um, <laughs> is this idea that. That that the that the teen, after you speak to them, has to say to you, "You know, Mom, you're right, eight out of ten times that adolescent stays quiet, they look down, they look up, and they walk away and the hardest part of being a parent of an adolescent, especially in pandemic times, is letting that go and trusting that your little you know, grenade of information is going to explode and they are going to listen
1: because they do,
2: they really do, but they usually walk away right? and they think about it. it and they process it and they come back. And that's where a lot of my, you know, a lot of parents mess up with teens because they want the, the relief or the proof that they agree. And adolescents do not agree immediately with you. Watch their actions and listen to what they say a couple of days later, because they're usually repeating what
1: you said. (laughs) Right, I know. Immediately they won't. (laughs) I mean, I went went through it. I went through it. I now have a young adult at home, which sadly his freshman year, at the University of Florida was cut short. Um, And it doesn't look like they'll be back. Hopefully they'll be back next fall. Who knows? But, um, but you know, it's funny that you say that uh, the adolescents and, and the young adults, you know, the, the teens, um, see things on the bright side because since he's been back, you know, he's been, you know, the good thing is that their their classes are so hard that they have to be studying all the time. So he literally eats and does homework online and then takes tests and studies <laughs> and does projects. So honestly, I don't think it's really hit him, um, that hard, or, you know, hasn't been that, that, that intense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, and because they, 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 they were made that way, you know, it's it's because the brain is getting ready to launch into adulthood. So it, it can't be looking at the negative things like it usually does, like for adults, because it wants this, this human to, to go into the world to, to adventure. Right? right, so that's right. why that yeah. aspect of neurology turns off. So, so yeah. So I, I I would say for parents of teens, you know, be honest with them, give them the facts, um, have debate and conversation with them, rather than telling them what they should think and feel.
1: And you know, this is this is just an opportunity, I think, to to further bond. You know. How often do we end up spending this kind of time with our children? Yeah. Um, and as 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 traumatic as it is, it's 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 still an opportunity. And uh, you know, I think we all have to make the best of it and it will yeah. only make us closer and stronger, I think, because we're living through a historic period in our in, in human history and so yeah that in itself that in itself is, is going to be, you know, a fundamental change in, in our relationships with our kids. So uh, if there's any I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to um to you know share with our listeners and um and you know just you know any parting thoughts before we wrap up
2: I think the number one parting thought for for the parents is that you have to think that right now um you are your family is in an aquarium and you are the water and your children are the fish so you, parents, how are you keeping that water clean? A lot of the time we look outside of us to make things okay, but right now what's really important is for parents to take care of themselves. It's that it's that overused example, but it's overused because it's a good one. Put the oxygen, oxygen mask on on you first. And then, on the people that you're caregiving for. So I think that that's that's the takeaway I want everybody to have. Well, that's and,
1: beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm I'm like I love the fact that you they use the water and um, you know habitat reference because of the work that I do. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> but it's absolutely true, and I mean we have to stay healthy for everybody else. Um yes. and so yes. hopefully hopefully, you know, our parents and our kids we stay home, save lives. This is the only way, at least the medical um field tells us to stop this from spreading. So with that, exactly. thank you so much, Lena. You have been um what an enlightening conversation and, and a positive conversation to have during these difficult times. And um I want to um I want you to let folks know how to reach you in case um you I don't know if you're taking new patients or not or if you you know you're taking um clients but how do they reach you?
2: Uh two ways. So they can um, if they would yes, I am doing parenting consultations, which is something that we do and for that um you can go to our website, uh stopparentingalone.com. And in the contact page, you have all the information you need there. And if you want uh, to do our online parenting support subscription, which is you get me in your back pocket, um, <laughs> you can go to you can go to support dot com, which is you know every Tuesday I get on a phone call and I answer parent questions. There's a private Facebook group where I answer questions twenty four seven. So I'm doing a lot there. And if they just want to see me, you know, like we're just going out for coffee, you don't you're not ready to date me yet. Um, you can <laughs> you can text the word ready to six six eight six six and you will be added to our email list that currently. I am sending a lot of information through email to the email list on all things parenting uh, in pandemic times.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being such a great resource for our community and our families and our kids. I mean, you are an amazing community leader. I um, I admire you a lot. And um, I'm glad you were able to give us some time today. And um, thank you so much for joining us on Resilient Forward.
2: Thank you, thank you, it's an honor.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Resilient Forward. Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com join us next time and remember our environment is our economy